Welcome to Open-Minded Healing, where the topic is alternative health. We will be having conversations with the practitioners that offer a variety of alternative healing modalities, as well as everyday people who have recovered their health outside of the MD's office. Join us with an open mind for conversations that may provide solutions to healing your own body on a mental, physical, and spiritual level. I'm Marla Miller. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Carrie Loeb. Carrie created the Macrobiotic Shiatsu Resource Center in San Francisco in the late 80s and was also a nutritional lifestyle counselor for 20 years before exploring other pursuits. He recently created an online deep dive dough-in self-massage program as he found that teaching this method for 25 years and practicing regularly on himself has had a huge impact on his health and many others. He also teaches various healing dietary approaches, effective breathing techniques, and methods for freeing up any depleting congested energy in our bodies caused by our thoughts and emotions. He is a regular contributor to the digital magazine, Macrobiotics Today, describing the seasonal changes and the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual correlates that impact each of our lives throughout the year. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you, Marla. Great to be here. <laughs> I'm glad to have you here. Well, so today we're going to be discussing energy, right? Personal energy in our bodies and how that can affect our health if it's free flowing or if it's impeded in some way. So would you like to start off maybe talking about the Chinese theory behind the energy in our bodies and its flow? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. Um, so in, in traditional Chinese medicine, they have sort of a foundational theory that informs every part of healing from a Chinese medical perspective. And that theory, there's a, something called meridians in the body. Meridians are pathways of energy through the body. And there's 14 of them. And 10 of those meridians relate to the 10 internal organs in our body. So um, 14 meridians, 10 internal organs. The theory is, is that if the energy is moving through those 14 meridians, which means through our arms, through our legs, in very specific places. And uh, by the way, along the meridian lines are found the acupoints. So if you go to an acupuncturist, and we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but if you go to an acupuncturist, what they're doing is putting needles in very specific points along meridian lines so that the energy can be unimpeded, so that the energy can flow through. And the reason that's important, according to the theory in Chinese medicine, is that when the energy is moving through the 14 meridians and in 10 internal organs, then things like health imbalances, disease, chronic pain, uh, things like that cannot exist. And that is really the foundational theory. And then the application of that theory is where it gets very interesting. But just in general, that's the, the broad strokes theory behind Chinese medicine is to keep that flow going. When that flow is moving, and there's a number of things that will keep it from keep it stuck and keep it impeded. And we'll talk about that. When that energy is flowing through there, then we can live a life of much more optimal health, where yeah. our immune system strong, all the different annoying and aggravating health conditions 
go away. That was my experience 35 some years ago. Um, Everything just sort of dropped away as I started to make changes to access the free flow of energy through my body, which, and I continue to do that on a, on a daily basis, pretty much. That's amazing. Well, we'll have to hear about your personal story in a little bit as well and hear what you experienced yourself. So how does someone just going about their day, how does their energy get stuck in the first place? Uh, maybe at the top of the list would be stress. Um, and that's emotional stress, physical stress, psychological stress, anything like that really contracts the energy in the body. So when I teach people various things, I'm always talking about thoughts and emotions and really having a way to manage those or to calm those or whatever it takes so that our stress levels are minimized all of us live a life of stress we have you know sometimes a lot of stress sometimes less but you know in our society there is stress so um i think it's really important to devote time each day to particular techniques and methods to reduce or minimize that stress so that the energy running through the meridians can do what it's supposed to do so i would put stress up there pretty high diet is a really big factor because if we're eating a diet that is highly nutritious and clean burning foods then that's going to really facilitate the free flow of energy through the meridians and conversely if we're eating a diet that's you know not so great i was brought up in the midwest meat and potatoes yeah me too <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know, it took me a while to unlearn that, but, you know, congesting high fat foods and things like that, that on a, on a regular basis can really congest very specific meridians in the body. Um, and that creates an overall Im- impeded flow of energy. So diet's a big one. Lack of exercise. Exercise can really help to move the chi, especially certain types of exercise. Of course, from a Chinese medical perspective, qigong, tai chi, things like that really help. Um, the, the program that I teach online is a self-massage program that's very specific, using different methods to keep the energy of flowing through the 14 meridians and the 10 internal organs. So exercise is really important. Stress, we talked about. The thoughts we think, the feelings we feel, those are really big ones. So those are some of at the top of the list. I could get more specific, but I think for our purposes, you know, we could just look at that as being things that people would really want to look at in, in more detail and in more depth. So what about, we're talking more of the emotional, I guess, effects on the body, like of your thoughts and of stress. And what about physical, such as a car accident or something like that. Does that impede the flow of energy in your body? Yeah, it does. Actually, uh, that's a really good question. So let's say you had some injury, a car accident or whatever. We will say it's in your leg or something. And that definitely, you know, if there's contusions, bruises, whatever it might be, um, a lot of pain in that area, that definitely will affect the meridian or meridians that flow through that area. So if someone were to have an accident and go to an acupuncturist, they would be putting needles probably directly in the area, but also they'd be putting them at either end of that particular meridian or meridians, which can be in the feet, around the feet, all the way up into the neck and the head in order to impact that injury. 
and to free up the flow of energy through it. So that's that's how in Eastern medicine that would be approached. It wouldn't be just massaging and working out the area itself. It's really working distally away from where the pain is, but on the same meridian line or meridian lines that run through where that pain is to kind of free it up and allow the energy. And then when the energy uh, qi, which is what we call in Chinese medicine, it's called it's energy, qi follows blood. So the more that we can create more of a blood flow with uh, various ways in Chinese medicine, then the qi will follow the blood and start to flow and start to heal that area much, much quicker. Yeah, that's so interesting. I did have acupuncture done once. And the very first time I went, I reacted a particular way where my body got very hot. And then it got very cold and my teeth were chattering. Or, Or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe the chattering first, then the heat. I can't remember. But I asked her, I was a little nervous. I was like, is this normal? Like, what is happening? And she said, oh, I've just opened up that flow of energy that was really stuck. And so I... That was like a real way of feeling that energy flow, you know, rather than just guessing that's what's happening. I was actually really feeling it. So, yeah, you had a really direct experience of it. Usually it's a little more subtle than that, but that's it. I do hear stories like that. And I, I really like hearing stories like that because it's it's more direct and more dramatic the, yeah. the of energy. And I've gone back since I didn't have that strong of a reaction. I mean, usually I just feel that complete relaxation after the needles are put in, I'll say. Um, (laughs) It's a little stressful for me initially. But then I fall into like a really deep, almost meditative sleep, you know, while they let you sit there and kind of absorb what's happening. Right. So, So it's different each time. Well, so how can the stuck energy affect someone's health? Like what are some actual conditions or diseases or things that can occur when it's stuck? Well, here's what I would say. There's probably very few conditions or diseases that are not impacted by stuck energy or or created by stuck energy. And that can be, you know, I, you know, when I used to see clients, it would be anything and everything. It would be fatigue. It would be sometimes it would be, uh, problems with uh, blood sugar fluctuations. It would be headaches. It would be eye problems, chronic pain in various places in the body. In my case, when I got started on this back in the day, I had some very, very bad lifestyle habits for a number of years until, you know, all the way into my 20s. I started pretty young. But um And those were, you know, things like alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, bad diet, all that kind of stuff and bad lifestyle. It just was not good. But, you know, a lot of us go through that in our younger years. Mine might have lasted a little longer than some other people, but I did turn all that around. But some of the conditions I had, allergies really bad, pollens, dogs, cats, yeah, uh, environmental toxins, you know, you name it. I, I was very, very reactive. And that really created a, a high level of fatigue for me. Um, and I was only in my early 20s and I was dragging around like I was an old man. almost. I was overweight. You know, I was out of shape and all that. But then also I had skin conditions, um, pretty bad. And skin conditions generally from a Chinese medical perspective are related more to a liver function because they isolate different 
organs in the body and what they do and how they work in terms of flow of energy. So I had, you know, I had that, I had pretty bad skin conditions, the fatigue, the allergies. Um, But then I, you know, I just changed my life in a two or three year period of time, diet, exercise, lost weight, everything all at once, got rid of all my addictions. And that's when everything fell away. So that's what really made me a believer in this free flow of energy through the meridians and through the internal organs and how one can access optimal health when they do that. And that's what became the precursor for me becoming a professional um, and opening up um, alternative health center in the San Francisco area and seeing clients teaching classes and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, any, I would say, more like you know pretty much any condition digestive problems is a big one yeah. um, you know where people they can't lose weight or they're bloated or they feel like they're moving through a swamp you know yeah. all the digestive imbalances are very very directly related to stuck chi in the body yeah that's well that's very interesting so how did you i can see how that big life change would help your health but how did you go about doing that what prompted that major change and what tools did you use to do that especially with the addictive yeah (laughs) i don't know you know people ask me i don't know if i have a one answer to that question obviously there was something inside of me that realized i was going to kill myself if i didn't change yeah um and i was only 24 25 but i don't think i would have made it to 30 i mean it was that much but what happened very specifically is i started playing tennis and I was playing doubles tennis. This is when I lived back in Kansas. And then I moved to Phoenix, Arizona. And, you know, I was playing with friends or playing doubles. And, you know, I just couldn't keep up. You know, I was really dragging afterwards and during. And I, I was just really out of shape. And so I said, OK, either I'm going to start getting in shape in various ways and drop these addictions um, or at, you know, or I'm just going, you know, and keep exercising, or I'm going to quit exercising and just continue with my deleterious lifestyle habits. Um, Fortunately, I chose the former. And what happened is um, cigarettes were the first thing to go that took a couple of years. And that was really, really difficult. Some people say quitting cigarettes is as hard as quitting heroin. But it's I, I went through a really difficult time. But what I realized, okay, I quit cigarettes. And my breakfast in those days, by the way, was cigarettes, um, coffee, and donuts and a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how all, those all go together. I they think. all go together. Yeah. So I had to, I started with one, which was cigarettes, but then I really had to have a cup of coffee whenever I had a cigarette because, you know, those two things went together in my right. brain. So then, okay, I, I'm going to quit coffee. Okay. Well, I have a beer and then I also want cigarettes. And so I had to quit the alcohol. And then drugs just dropped off. The good thing for me, Marla, is I didn't have to go through any treatment. It was kind of a snowball effect. The more I got in shape, the less I wanted these things. And I lost the craving for cigarettes, for drugs and alcohol. They just, it kind of over a two or three year period, I just didn't want them anymore. And so I was one of the lucky ones because, you know, people who have had to, be in treatment for 40 years, you know, for and continue like just, you know, AA and other things like that, or NA, Narcotics Anonymous. Um, people have to stay in those programs or else they could, they could relapse 
And I didn't have that problem. Once I was off of it, I was off to a whole new life, you know, where I had more energy and I didn't have the skin conditions and the allergies and the fatigue. And that was really a motivator for me just to continue on that path. And then I'll say, say finally, once I started my practice where I'd see people for dietary and lifestyle, I had to be an example. And I recognize that, that if I were ever to backslide in a, in, a, in a kind of a more serious way, I could not be an example for clients. And I would have felt very hypocritical talking to people about health when I wasn't living that. So that was another motivator for me. Well, and I'm guessing that you found your purpose in helping others, because if you had a regular job that you weren't so tied into on a higher level... I don't know that that would have been as motivating for you to be that example. Exactly. I really think that's, although I don't think I would have backslid anyhow, if I did not um, go into that profession, I, I pretty, I have pretty strong willpower. And also I really had a wake up call that this would kill me. My lifestyle habits would kill me yeah. and I wanted to live. So, so the, the greater fear was in being afraid you, you might actually die from it rather than the fear yeah. of letting go of these habits yeah. and yeah, Exactly, exactly. That's, that's really true. And what I found after 20 years in my private practice is that most people do not make extreme changes in their life unless they're feeling fear or desperation. Yeah, and usually that has to do with a diagnosis, a serious diagnosis. Yes. I used to see a yeah. lot of people with cancer and they were really motivated. But the people who had didn't have a diagnosis who just said, oh, you know, maybe I'll lose a little bit of weight here or there. You know, a little bit harder to track on because they could easily fall back into their habits because they were not living in fear or desperation as I was. And that's what really motivated me to make changes. Yeah, yeah, you have to have a very strong reason why you're doing something very compelling right. to yeah, yeah. make those changes. Yeah. For sure. So what techniques can someone use? Like you said, everyone has some kind of stuck energy unless they're really vibrating at the highest level possible. So it's probably right. most people uh, have some form of stuck energy. So what tools and techniques can they use and what things could they do on their own that are maybe simple things to do as well? Right. Yeah. Good question. Um, Well, let me start with the simple because I believe, as I mentioned before, stress is just a, a big factor in determining our overall health. So I teach as part of my program, I teach various breathing techniques to lower the stress throughout the day. And one, I'll just mention now that I practice and that I teach, it's very simple. It's just taking um, a breath into the count of five and breathing out to the count of five, deeply, slowly, stopping what you're doing, getting off the computer, just closing your eyes, count of five in, count of five out, and doing that five times, and then doing it five times throughout the day. So it's five breaths, five times a day. It can be first thing in the morning, lying in bed. It can be the last thing in the day, you know, lying in bed again, and then throughout the day, um, just stopping whatever you're doing. And it only takes, gosh, you know, hardly any time at all. I teach other breathing techniques as well that I practice and and I teach and I have for many, many years that I found to be very effective because the greater capacity we have in our lungs, 
the more inspired we're going to feel in our lives. And that really creates or contributes to creating a more free flow of energy in our body. So there's an emotional aspect to breathing as well. So that's one thing people can do very simply on a daily basis. Uh, you know, if we got into more complexity, then we'd be talking about diet and dietary changes and things like that. But along the lines of breathing, I, you know, I'm a meditator. I've been meditating off and on for a lot of years, and I highly recommend it. It's very easy these days with technology just to pull up a simple guided meditation. You know, it doesn't have to be long. It can be 10 minutes. Yeah. And just following along with that and, uh, you know, once or twice a day and trying to get in a habit of getting our foot in the door before the thoughts can take over and create negative emotions. And then those negative emotions create blocked chi, blocked energy. And then that leads to various conditions in the bodies like headaches or digestive problems or whatever. So, you know, there's just a couple simple things that people can do along the way. They really help me. And when I teach those people really say, yeah, I can do that. That's not a, that's not a huge lifestyle change, but it's yeah. enough to start. It's enough to get going. Well, and that's always, I think the thing that, turns out to be most effective when people are given one small step. Otherwise, anything right. else is overwhelming. So, yeah, the breathing is easy. We do it anyway throughout right. the day. So just being conscious of it for moments at a time. And then the meditation. And this is something that you hear so often, how effective meditation is. And I think it's getting started is what's maybe the most difficult for people trying right. to wrap their head around it and not thinking all their thoughts. Do you have any sort of advice on how to get started? Just that initial creating a habit of meditating. Yeah, the first thing I would say probably is to not beat yourself up because when you first start, the thoughts are going to go crazy. You know, they're, they're just, they don't want to die. They don't want to go away. <laughs> they're a big part of us. They're a big part of our ego structure. And that, you don't want to get rid of the ego structure. You just want to focus on other things, you know, and to focus on things outside of just the thoughts that go in a continual circular motion in our brains for everybody. Yeah. So it's not really about getting rid of it as much as replacing or focusing on something else. And what I teach people is, in the beginning stages is just to focus on feeling the breath going into your body and allowing your abdomen to extend. As the air goes in through our lungs and down into the belly, the belly will extend a little bit, expand just a little bit. And just to feel that very slowly, what that feels like, it's just really a way to put our minds into our bodies. And that's how I define meditation for me. It's a way to get out of my mind and into my body, but it takes conscious effort. And even with that, with focusing in on the breath, people, if they did it 15 minutes, they might notice of those 15 minutes, there was really only 30 seconds where they were focusing on the breath and feeling it in their body. The other 14 minutes and 30 seconds were, you know, the mind is spinning up. That's what it does. Yeah. And I found that meditation isn't about, you know, okay, hey, here I am thinking again, I got to get back to the breathing. It's kind of noticing those transition places from going into our thoughts, going back into our body, going into our thoughts, and letting that be okay. 
letting that be okay without judgment. And I think over time, what people might discover is that they have more focus and more attention, more concentration in their regular daily lives because they're training their minds and their bodies in a whole different way. But that transition process can be a little challenging. And that's why I sometimes recommend that people listen to a guided meditation, maybe the same one over and over and over. And then at some point, people can just do it on their own. You know, yeah. they don't need any kind of help like that. But initially, I think it is useful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is not about forcing those thoughts away because that takes effort. It's more about just relaxing. It reminds me of, do you remember when you used to look at, I don't know what the art is called, but you would look at art on the wall. And if you really get your eyes almost tired, then you see a completely different picture. Yes. That's what meditation reminds me of. Like when you get to that point where you're almost tired and, but tired, not to the point of sleeping, but tired to the point of just finally relaxing into it. Right. Right. That's really good. And I, you know, the expression that comes to mind as you're talking, Marla, is what you resist persists. Yes. So if you're resisting those thoughts or even the emotions that come up, because that can for people and it does quite often, and it's a good thing. Let's say I'll take an example like anxiety. People are working with anxiety. It's not about trying to get rid of the anxiety. It's not about avoiding it with TV and bad diet and whatever else. It's really welcoming in the anxiety and feeling where it is in the body. And then as we're doing the breathing, really breathe into that area and feel, well, what color is it? What, you know, how big is it? Is it dark? Is it light? Is it, you know, where where in my body? And just kind of, and welcoming it in. And what people will find when that happens is they, that energy of anxiety will dissipate. It will start to melt away because you're not resisting it. And that's true of all the emotions and all the thoughts. You know, as long as we're not resisting them, letting them be there, but also focusing in on the breath. I think that's the combination that works really well. Yeah, that's great. Well, those are two things, like you said, people can just do at home easily. What other tools or techniques would you suggest than acupuncture? What other ways can you clear out the energy? Yeah, acupuncture is really good. And the the program that I teach that you mentioned in the introduction, I, I developed an online pre-recorded program for people to practice something called self-massage. In Japanese, it's called Douyin. It's all based on Chinese medicine. It's all based on acupuncture, actually. It's the same exact theory, but it's a different application. Instead of using needles, we're using percussive techniques, like we're actually pounding our arms and our legs and different meridians that run through our bodies. We're using stretching to open up any stuck energy. We're using breathing. We're using massaging with our hands. And then we're going directly into the most important acupoints in the body. And I teach us in my program how to work those acupoints so the energy can move out of that acupoint and move down the meridian. That's something I've been practicing, Marla, now for over 35, almost 40 years on pretty much a daily basis. And it's just, you know, percussive techniques and all the other things I just mentioned. But at the end of that workout, I really feel my energy moving. How long does that process take you each day? Well, for me, it's a half an hour. 
uh, to get to all the different parts of my body, including doing kind of an internal organ massage and doing a, what I call an acupressure facelift, all those sorts of things, and then working the 14 meridians. And you don't need to know where these meridians are in the way that I teach it. You don't need to be specific or exact, but it is a way just to kind of move the energy. And for me, it's a half an hour. I, I tell people, you know, if you only have 10 or 15 minutes, just do that much. Because in, in my program, there's nine half hour sessions that teach people how to do this, but also addresses all the different health conditions. So let's say people have digestive problems. By the end of the program, they're going to know the exact points the exact areas of their body to work for their particular condition to turn that around. And that's really why I created it. So people could come into the program knowing what their health conditions are, but then having the tools to know what to do about it. That's great. Well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. So what are some success stories of people you've worked with and things they've overcome? Oh, okay. Well, let's see. Um, Let me see if I can isolate something. There's a lot of them, (laughs) but I will say one is what I used to see a lot when I would see clients would be this stuck energy in the liver gallbladder system. So in Chinese medicine, the liver and gallbladder work together. The liver is responsible for the free flow. It's called the general of the body, the liver, and it's responsible for the free flow of energy through all the meridians in the body. So it's a foundational, extremely important organ system for moving the chi through the body. So, and and when it's stuck, it's when people start to feel anger, irritability, impatience, restlessness, all those emotions can be there when someone is feeling that stuck energy in the liver. They they don't know why they're feeling it. So if, if people were to come to me and say that they're feeling anger, irritability, whatever, and that was a prep, those were prevalent emotions, I would know that they probably have liver chi stuckness. And if people have a lot of pain in their body, especially tendonitis, but can be muscular as well, eye problems, headaches, all of those are related to digestive problems. All of that's related to a liver chi congestion. It's a very common syndrome. So in answer to your question, I used to see people come in that had very strong energy in their bodies. You know, they had good, what's called kidney chi. They were born with strong energy. They had a strong constitution, but they'd come in and say, I am absolutely exhausted all of a sudden. Well, you know, most of the time it was because the energy was stuck in the liver. So what I would look at with these people is how they could lower their stress. That's number one, how they can work with emotional and psychological and mental sorts of things that we talked about, how they can, from a dietary perspective, how they can free up the liver energy. Because when people eat eat late at night, they overeat too many fatty foods, too many spicy foods, alcohol, of course, we know that relationship with the liver if it's too much alcohol, fatty foods, all that kind of stuff congests the liver. So we would work on replacing those sorts of foods with something much healthier. It's not a quick turnaround. It's not a quick fix. It's not like taking a drug. But over time, I would see clients and sure enough, they would start to change their lifestyle habits, start to change their diet, start to change their exercise routine. And boy, did they feel so much better because then the liver was working and it was helping all the other meridians in the body to distribute the energy. So that's the job of the liver. So that I think is one example 
of what people can do. And, you know, that was a syndrome. I would see all the different syndromes, but that was a, that was a pretty common one where people, they, for all those different reasons, they just were stuck. Their energy just stuck. Yeah. I could see the liver being a a big one for people for all those reasons you mentioned. And right now, Marla, by the way, there's different in Chinese medicine, there's different times of year where different organ systems are more activated. And in the springtime is when the liver gallbladder function is at its most vulnerable. So if people have liver imbalances or stuckness in the liver flow, this is the time of year. Spring is when they're going to feel it the most emotionally, physically, in every possible way. The good thing is that in the spring is, is when the liver gallbladder function is most amenable to change. So if people really start incorporating some really good things into their lifestyle during the spring, it's really going to feed the liver and gallbladder. And once that system is working well again, then it feeds the next system, which is the heart and small intestine. It's called a mother-son relationship. The mother takes that energy and gives it to the son, which is the next organ system. And then there's the next one and the next one. So it's really the circular flow that we can activate at any time, any place. It does, it does, you don't have to just be in the springtime to activate this. This can be year round, but it is a good time. It is a good time because that's when the, it's most amenable to change. Oh, well, that's good to know. Also, as far as your own healing, you had talked about having all those allergies as well as other issues when you were younger. Right. And then your lifestyle changed. So when you changed your lifestyle, did those allergies all go away? Yeah. So I love dogs and cats and I couldn't be around them. And that definitely changed within about a couple of years, I would say. And that's remained true for all these years. I do not have those allergies anymore. Um, pollens was terrible at certain times of year. Oh my gosh, I was sneezing so bad and felt so awful. People that have allergies could relate to that. I no longer have any of that. The only thing I notice I'm sensitive to is mold, still of a sensitivity to mold, and if there's a lot of smoke. And as you know, being in California, <laughs> I have to pick and choose the times that I visit California, visit my family and friends yeah. in California because of the smoke. And so those are the two things that kind of can still bother me a little bit. So I need to be careful with that. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. You got rid of those other allergies. Oh, my gosh. It it was such an amazing thing to happen because, you know, when you're in the middle of it and you don't really quite know if it's going to go away or not, it can feel pretty debilitating thinking you might have it for the rest of your life. And that doesn't have to be true for anybody. It just doesn't. Yeah. Well, that's good. I like hearing your personal success story. So where can people find more information about you and about your online program? First of all, go into my website, carrylobe.com. I have a video on there and people can watch this short video to learn more about how self-massage can help them. So that's a good place to look. And then also what I would recommend when people go to my website, I have a free training on there. And what it is, it's a 10-minute I think it's 10 minutes about a non-surgical facelift. So they get to practice that just for free. That's part of my program. A longer version of that is part of the self-massage program. But it's just sort of a sampling of what people can do on a daily basis to look younger and feel younger. 
And oh. so that's there. And then they can sign up for my e-newsletter. I send out something every week about diet, breathing, all sorts of different health aspects. People can sign up for that. And then if people looked up my name, Carrie Loeb, on um, YouTube, I have about 20 short videos on there. And they can uh, go ahead and watch some of those videos and like them and subscribe. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, but they, it, that's a nice way to get kind of a sampling of what the bigger self-massage program is all about. Okay, perfect. So Carrie Loeb, K-E-R-R-Y-L-O-E-B.com. L-O-E-B as in boy, L-O-E-B.com. And people can look at it. And, and then they, if people wanted to contact me or have questions, they can do that through my website. And I get back to everybody within 24 hours. I'd be happy to answer questions. And Oh, and by the way, this is a... Marla, it's a pre-recorded program, but I also didn't want just people to buy the program and be out on their own. I wanted to give them some support. So once or twice a month, we get together people who are on the program. It's optional. People don't have to, but if they want to join a Zoom once or twice a month um, and ask questions, or I go into more depth about things I couldn't cover in the program that are health-related. And recently, I actually brought in some health experts in a webinar format and would ask them very specific questions. So people, when they join the self-massage program, I really want them to achieve maximum success. Well, that's very generous of you to add that as well. So thank you so much for all this information and to bring the awareness to people about that energy flowing through their body. You know, it's not just the physical. We need to really pay attention to the energy that's affecting our health on a regular yeah. basis. Yes. Yes. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Marla. Great to be here. Be sure and follow Open Minded Healing so you'll get every new episode as soon as it's released each Tuesday. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.